All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Five Figure Podcast. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's taken a lot of effort to get this one done, um, but thankfully we're here and I hope you're going to enjoy this one. Today, I am with Delapo. Delapo, say what's up to people. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to have you. Um, thank you for making the time. Um, yeah, first of all, let the people know how you've been. Yeah, I've been good. Just chilling, adulting, working. Outside is open now, so seeing, <laughs> seeing friends and everything now. Okay, how was your bank holiday weekend? It was busy. I feel like everyone was just way too excited. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone overdid it and uh, counts are now, you know, suffering for it. But we moved. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. My account is tired. I think, <laughs> I think it's going to take a lot of recovery. But, you know, thankfully we're good. Again, it's great to have you. How's work been? Let's start with your, let's start with your nine to five. Okay. So nine to five, what do you do? Um, Nine to five, I work as an innovation project manager at a magic circle law firm. Okay. Sounds like a really cool title. Do you want to break that down a bit? Yeah. So it's a new role they just created. um, And it's essentially me working with the innovation team to manage the end-to-end delivery of any new initiatives or solutions that are technology-led to drive efficiencies within the practice, so for the lawyers. Um, And I manage like the proof of concepts where we try them out and see whether they're fit for the firm. And then I hand it over to another department to do a full Mm. delivery. Well, that's really cool. How long have you been doing that for? Um, about three months now, so it's quite new. Okay, prior to that? Prior to that, I was working as a technology advisory consultant. <laughs> I don't know how to explain my role, but yeah, I was working in a consulting firm, um, kind of doing project management as well. Okay. But I had, I was client-facing, so okay, this time around, I'm working in industry so yeah, in a yeah, business yeah. but before i was working with multiple clients multiple industries and stuff and how how was consulting for you it consulting was <laughs> <laughs> consulting was it was a good learning opportunity mm. but it wasn't for me i had very rough times working mm. as a consultant but we thank god Asha still had a job mm. so that's what matters you know, yeah <laughs> i hear that a lot and um we'll definitely break that down yeah after laying the show. Um, but I guess one of the main reasons I wanted to speak to you is because of your company, your brand. Um, so as the CEO of, of Tido, let's pronounce that properly. Um, it seems that you're really enjoying it. The first thing I want to ask is the name. Mm-hmm. Where do we get the name from? So Tido is a combination of my grandmother's name and Do, which is two in French. So my grandmother is named Taiwo, and I just wanted to name it after her because she really inspires me. And she's also a twin, so Do, too. And then women have two boobs. So (laughs) honestly, I just wanted to make something up because I didn't have money to trademark. Fair enough. So. Okay, that's brilliant. So Tido, what is it that you guys produce? Let's just... Start okay. from there. So um Tido is an is a brand, a women's wear brand that makes 
ethically premium handmade clothes for fuller bust women. And when I say fuller bust, I mean women who wear bra size above a double D. And we ship worldwide. Check us out, www.tido.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very interesting. I think you said something that I'm going to ask a bit later, the ethically produced. Okay. I feel like that's something I want to want to discuss further. Mm-hmm. How did the brand come about? Was it like a gap in the market? Were you a bit bored or what? Mm. what, what What's the birth of this? Um, so the yeah, there was a gap in the market, but I think it was personally from my own struggles. So initially I I added a bit of weight. I lost weight, but I never lost my boobs. I'm going to say boobs a lot in this episode. You know so. what? Listen, it's fine. <laughs> and I just realized that wow, it's really, really difficult to find clothes when you have big boobs. Because I have four sisters, so I had always like shared clothes with them and stuff. And then all of a sudden I realized that I can't wear their clothes and things like that. <laughs> so And then coupled with that, I was actually really depressed at work. And I really wanted to do something that was fulfilling and something that was for me. Mm -hmm. And so the combination of that led me to starting up my business. Yeah, no, I think it's really important that I always ask this. And, you know, I can imagine work does get a lot for people. And, you know, it's always good to find that escape or that creative outlet that you can get. Because, you know, being or feeling that way can't be easy. Yeah. Um, But I'm glad you went into it. Um, yeah, I am as well. And like I said, creative outlets is another, is, I think it's what kept me going because I had been very academic all my life. I studied law at university, okay. went straight into working, always been like, I guess, a very good performer at school and stuff, except for uni, which I can touch <laughs> on. Um, and um, I've never really had a chance to do anything creative. I never considered myself a creative. So it's just been nice to know that I have that side of me. And I think mm. everyone has a creative side to them. You just have yeah. to tap into you think it. So? I think so. Because I literally, even now, I can't even draw anything. But the <laughs> fact that I can piece things together in my head, yeah. I never thought I could think that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You mentioned something about university. Was that was that tough, difficult? I was just not serious. <laughs> <laughs> I was partying a lot okay. and yeah, like I've been the kind of person where I I haven't really had to study much to get good grades, oh, but uni humbled me <laughs> and this is the first time I, I'm ever seeing this live. So I got a tutu at uni. Oh, what? And That's... for me, no, from, from the family I, I come from okay, and enough. for me, okay. like giving my history, like getting all A's at A-levels I, and things okay, like that. I see, I see. It was a big shocker. Like when I had, in fact, in my uni, I don't know how, but they posted our results publicly. What? I don't know. Because my friend called me and she was like, have you seen the results? Are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah. I've not seen it, but it's fine now. Didn't I get a 2-1? She was like, no, babe, you got a 2-2. And I remember I was at the bus stop and I think I collapsed at the bus stop because I was what? like, Jesus. <laughs> because that had never happened to me before, like not getting the grades that I wanted yeah. to get. And... I just thought my parents would be so disappointed in me yeah. and stuff like that. But I think I needed that to humble me as a person and figure out that I actually need to work hard sometimes when I want to achieve something. So <laughs> I, I can't believe they posted that. I don't, I don't like yeah. just like on a notice board just there. I, I don't know how she saw that I got into too, but she, she informed me and Boy. apparently it was public information. And I was like, okay, great. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> I mean, I want to I want to explore that a bit more. So, how did you feel? Did you feel like you weren't going to be able to achieve a lot of stuff that you wanted to? Did you feel like you were behind other people? I just felt like okay because I was also on a visa when mm-hmm. I was here, and it's really hard to get a graduate job 
first of all. Yeah. And then to get one where you're sponsored, you really have to get good grades. Good yeah. grades. And at that time, I thought I was going to become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of off the table, getting a training contract. Like yeah. ITV talked about it. Yeah. You, you kind of need really good grades. You have to like be a high performer. So, but I think everything, now looking back, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I'm glad it's happened that way because I would never have gone into tech if I had gotten a 2-1 and gotten a training contract because the firm where I started out my career in, they had just introduced a new program where um, the minimum grade was a 2-2. Okay. And I happened to go for a women in tech event that they um, okay. organized and they fast-tracked everyone that attended what? in that event. Yes. And I just went straight to interview because I would have failed any psychometric <laughs> test or anything. <laughs> So literally, I don't even, it was just God, honestly. It was only God that can do something like that. So yeah, I got fast-tracked and then the interview went so well. I never knew anything about tech, but I was just like, I am not ready to go back to Nigeria. Like, because at that point, like I had been searching for months. I had even almost registered for NYS itself. (laughs) I was that close and then I got the job. So I've been here in London since. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, I'm glad it actually worked out that way because um, it would have been, like you said, very easy for you to just fall back into law. Yeah. But you go into tech and I guess you're happy about it. That's kind of where you want to stay, where yeah. you want to be. Honestly, I'm so, so glad because even now I'm working in a law firm, which is a full circle moment for me because I applied for training contracts at this law firm. And now I'm, I can't even imagine myself being a lawyer because one of my business i wouldn't even have time to run the yeah. business and just all those skills i get from working in tech and my the way my mind works like i always feel like there's a solution that can be solved for tech um, through tech i want to ask a question how is tech for yourself as a black mm-hmm. woman how how do you find it the field because i think it's really interesting because i remember you tweeted how you were looking for someone especially like a young black woman to kind yeah. of introduce into tech yeah um so did you have something similar like that or is that just something you want to do because you feel more women should get into it or have the opportunity rather to get into it um i i want to do it because i'm rooting for everyone black first of all <laughs> and i i write for women but i write for black women even more of like I, i'm a feminist i come from a family of women so my business is about women so i'm just a woman-oriented person of course, yeah. um but as a woman in tech it's normal for me to be the only black woman in the room. It's normal oh, wow. for me to be the only black person in the room, actually. Um, and a lot of the time, they see you and they think that you're taking minutes. Oh, boy. And stuff like that. That has happened. And to be fair, in the firm that I'm coming from, they actually, what's the word, made me even take the minutes when my skills were way more than that. I had such a bad experience, but we can get into it later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. As in, yeah. So um, it's it's difficult, but then I think it's getting better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just important to um, try and introduce people into tech because I used to do this thing called Pity Careers, like Women in Technology Careers. It's an organization my friend started up and we used to try and get young black women into tech. So we partnered with like Microsoft, Uber oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. To have events with them. Um, so just trying, trying to get involved in stuff like that. Okay. Oh, no, that's really yeah. cool. Um, we'll get back to the tech stuff. <laughs> I want to pivot a bit back to Tidal. Okay. Now. Um, so again, you said this came up and you started this company. Did you have any help? Like what did you, 
did you just kind of think of the name and go from there or ask somebody or did you just jump into it? I, I didn't really have any help, honestly. <laughs> Everything I've done has been by myself and grace of God. And um, so the first thing I did was build a website because tech. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there were so many things you have to do before building yeah. a website but it was good anyway because you have a landing page that yeah. people can go to and register their emails and yeah. stuff like that um but what did i even do i found a manufacturer after um using a manufacturer in london so my current manufacturer is in india okay. i initially had one in london they went bust i lost some money um can we, can we get like a is it is it in the thousands in the thousands, okay, yeah. Yes. I lost some money. They gave me horrible stock that I still have till today. Oh, wow. Which I'm going to try and sell now because I feel like I'm more established as a brand. Okay. So I think I can just slide it in now that we have more people. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's been a very, very long journey. I can't even, I don't know where to start with the challenges. From having the factory shut down because of COVID, the one in India, like imagine my factory is in India and there's oh, an wow. Indian variant. So yeah, I've had multiple challenges. I, d- I don't know where to start. <laughs> Do you have like a figure for how much you sold the first time you started the business mm. in terms of units? Because I think um, a lot of people feel like maybe some people start big, some people start oh, with a few sales no. and they go from there. Please. <laughs> I mean, I think it's social media. It's such unrealistic expectations. You see people like saying, oh, we sold out, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. In my first, like my first proper year of launching, because we rebranded and launched again, which okay, was so much yes. better. But when I initially launched, I tell you it was crickets. <laughs> <laughs> it was crickets. I can't, I'm not even going to lie. Well, I had one sale, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah don't and then they started to trickle in but then in the first year i don't even know like maybe 25 pieces max oh, which is so different to my last pre-order in four days we had almost 100 orders oh, wow. in, four, in four days yeah so and but that's me being in business for almost two and a half years now. So I just want people to have realistic expectations. It's likely to be crickets on the first day, unless you're like some influencer or a celebrity or something. And that's okay. Like, don't be washed by social media. So what encouraged you after the crickets? What encouraged you to keep going? Um, Because the few people that started to buy, I was getting so many nice um, comments from them okay. and great feedback yeah. and I was like okay there's something here and then other brands started to pop up that are similar to mine so I'm okay. like if people are doing what I'm doing then surely there's a market for this and I also really enjoyed it and like I said I was depressed at work so if I was doing something that I enjoyed even though I was making a loss yeah. at least I'm sure doing something that is my own yeah. and I can do whatever I want with this um, and it was also my money I invested in it so um, at the first company I worked in there was an employee share program okay. where you get um, discounted shares. So I, I I signed up for that. And by the time I left, I had a, like, a good amount of money, like a few grand okay. um, that I had. So I invested that into the business. So even if it failed, I was like, okay, it's just my money. And <laughs> I don't have investors and I'll make it back. So so when I always ask this question because I feel like it's very easy to see what other people are doing mm-hmm. and compare your brand or your you know like you said your your company how do you just kind of stay in your lane or do you feel like 
you feel pressure to do things a certain way, maybe go with the trends or whatever the case would be? How do you kind of stick to your brand? I can't lie. Sometimes like, the pressure gets to me, especially when I see other brands that started at, or even started way after me mm. and they're doing way better than I am. <laughs> it can get to depressing, but I know that I'm playing a long game mm-hmm. at the moment. And to me... Like, I know the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I love the fact that I get to speak to so many different women. And just thinking about my why. Um, And also, I mute mute accounts on Instagram and stuff if I feel like it's affecting my mental health. I see, I see. That's that's actually really... Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I think that's really good. You have to protect yourself Mm. because sometimes, like... I'm I'm human and yeah. as much as I can say, oh, don't look at what people are doing, blah, 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 like it can't get to you, especially when things are going very wrong in your own business. I see. You yeah. just want to protect your, your mental health. Fair enough. I think that's really that's really cool. Um do you take a bulk of like the work yourself or do you have people that help you out? Mm-hmm. Or is it all kind of down to you? So it, most of it I do it myself. I mean, I have a great factory and so last year, when I initially launched, they were actually shipping out the orders directly from India, which saved me a lot of time in terms of like packing things and sending it out and stuff like that. But yeah. that was proving too expensive logistically. So now I do bulk orders and they send it to me and I'm going to ship it out to customers. Um, and the person I work with there, she's just fantastic. She has... She believes in my brand more than I believe in my brand. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm your therapist. And anytime I say, oh, her name is Niti. I'm like, Niti, I'm going to quit. She's like, don't worry. You have something amazing. Oh, she just brilliant. talks me through it. Yeah. And um, she she does this for a living. She works with small brands and yeah. helps them, like, I guess, with their production. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I have an intern, but she she's great. And she does, like, my blog posts for yeah. SEO on my yeah. website and stuff like that. And um, helps me do, like, influencer research yeah. to see who I want to partner with and things like that. But everything else I do. Oh, that's... that's I'm going to get back to that because I remember you tweeted something. Yeah. I think it was missing an alarm or some alerts for some sales. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk, talk about that quickly? <sighs> Jesus Christ. This is so <laughs> typical of me. So I I switched my phone. I changed phones. Okay. And I forgot to log into the app. I feel like now I'm giving all my secrets. But basically, my chat button on my website is like, it comes as a text. So I'm ah, the customer see, person, see, see. customer agent or whatever. But then I have my customer agent name that ah, I use I see, on the I chat. <laughs> my alias, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> so um, I forgot to log in. And I had like maybe 15, 20 people um, sending a message on the chat by the time I had logged in yeah. and the pre-order window was closed already. Oh, boy. Yeah, because they were asking what size should I guess oh, I want to buy. Boy. But you know what? You live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. I think there's something that I, I mentioned earlier because um, on your website it says ethical production mm-hmm. and I want you to kind of give us a breakdown as to why that's kind of special to your brand. Yeah, so for me... Um, logistically is actually impossible and financially is impossible for me to be a fast fashion brand. So, 
Um, I'm more attract. I'm more drawn to um, slow fashion brands and ethical brands. When I say ethical, I mean ethical to the environment. So we make only small quantities yeah. and we have limited production runs because we're not trying to waste any fabric and yeah. have dead stock that usually ends up in landfills. Yeah. So we're conscious of the environment and also our workers as well. So. Um, all of my seamstresses and the tailors, they get holidays, they get okay. paid leave, okay. things like that. It's like, I don't want to have them working in any um, horrible factory conditions. Yeah. Um, and even during COVID, I had to tell my customers that, sorry, someone has COVID in my factory yeah. and we have to shut down. I prioritize my workers' health yeah. and when things are back up and running, then we'll send out your orders. Yeah. And everyone was okay with it everyone was understanding so just things like that i think that's really important especially like today you know in this day and age where there's a lot of fast fashion and um we get kind of news and you know reports about what the conditions are over there yeah. in some factories so um i thought it was really important that you, you mentioned that and spoke to that yeah don't uh, get me wrong i was scared because in this amazon <laughs> era we're so used to instant gratification because yeah, even yeah. me I, I can't even lie i'm guilty like when i order from amazon i want to the next day if i'm paying for prime <laughs> but when it comes to fashion i think now i mean i'm so much more conscious and i don't mind waiting for something that is good quality and yeah. it has to be reflected in your product so yeah. all my products are made from premium fabrics you can see the stitching is so well it's so well done and you just know it's good quality and it's something that will last for a long time that you can wear over and over again do you get nervous before every release i do what what, what because it could be crickets <laughs> I, I thought we had passed the cricket we've stage. passed it but that imposter syndrome it still affects me because mm. sometimes i'm like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i'm just winking it so <laughs> what if they don't like it what if i don't know like there's so many things that could go wrong, yeah. but I think now I'm more confident in myself. Yeah. Um, but there's still times where I doubt myself because I don't come from a fashion background. So everything that I've done, I've had to learn as I go yeah. and I'm still learning. So sometimes I can feel insecure about that. Is there, or oh, are you kind of shocked? Because from my understanding, Tidal now has a bit of a following, a bit of a group of people that really, really like your stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've seen some influencers kind of wear your stuff and tell people this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. One, did you expect that to happen? And two, like, how does that kind of thing make you feel about the work that you're doing? Um, I did not expect it. This has become something way bigger than I ever imagined. Because like I said, it was just something that came from, okay, let me just try it out and see, see how it goes. Yeah. But now I think we're becoming a household name when it comes to Fuller Bus brands. Okay. And I, I'm still shocked about it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it hasn't really resonated with me, like how big we're becoming. And we still have a long way to go. I think yeah. we've only scratched the surface of what we can and will do by God's grace. Um, and for me, it's so heartwarming hearing comments. Like the other day, someone on my Instagram DM'd me saying, because I had just posted like from reposted from my professional title yeah. founder account yeah. and they saw that I was doing everything by myself and yeah. she offered to do customer service for free oh, for wow. me. And I was just like, this is so nice of you. She was like, I love your brand. I love my top that I bought from you. I oh, work in wow. customer service and I would love to do some free bits for you if you need help. And I was just like, that is so sweet. Some people have told me they are not going to get breast reductions anymore because it's a brand. Oh, wow. It's just amazing. And I'm like, 
I love women so much. And in fact, that I'm making other women happy. It's like the best thing ever. I think that's me. that's really amazing to hear, especially the support that you're getting. Yeah. Um. So what was the, or what's been the biggest moment so far for you? Because I know you've been in a couple of magazines. <laughs> and whenever I see that for people, I just think, wow, that is so, so huge. Yeah. So for you, because... It might, I mean, it might be, it might not be, but for you personally, what, what's been one of the biggest moments for you and the company? Hmm. I mean, everyone expects me to say is when we were featured in Cosmopolitan or L or that, something. That's what I, that literally. But it's, I mean, when I started, I would never have imagined us being featured in any magazine or anything. <laughs> but now that it's happened, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great for credibility and it's such a huge achievement, but... It's not my biggest achievement. My biggest achievement is, is just the feedback that I get from my customers. And I know it sounds cliche, but you don't really understand how it feels. <laughs> like when you've worked hard for something and mm-hmm. you get it right and the people that you're actually making things for, they appreciate it, they understand it. Yeah. And like they take time out of their day to tell you how great they, they think your product is. Yeah. I, I I can never get over that, and I just appreciate it so much. Oh, that, it, yeah. it is cliche, but we'll give it to you. Like, <laughs> I, you know, that's that's the right answer, probably. It's the truth. I'm <laughs> not even lying. <laughs> we'll give that to you. Um, this might sound like a really weird question, mm-hmm. but you sell all this, you know, uh, items whenever you you have a release or something. So, are you super rich? Because I feel like people look at entrepreneurs. <laughs> make sales, appear in magazines, and just think they must be swimming in, in some sort of money. I'm rich in my city emojis. <laughs> I'm manifesting it. But no, I'm not rich, honestly. Like, I think maybe other industries, but fashion is so capital intensive. Mm. As I'm getting that money, I'm reinvesting it in my business Bless to you. buy more stock for the next collection. So... We haven't reached that point where I can say I can leave my nine to five and it can't sustain me. Tidal mm. can't afford me. So <laughs> right now I'm doing pro bono work. Oh, <laughs> so I'm not even taking I'm not taking anything from the business. Everything that I've made, I just reinvested. Yeah. Sometimes I even need, need to add more money oh, to wow. invest in it. It's like, please don't don't get it twisted. Yes, we're doing great. We're on the right track. Yeah. But I think it takes on average three years to become profitable as a um Fashion brand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't be watched by social media. Goodness me. Um, so you said something really interesting that Tyler can't afford you. Mm-mm. Are you planning long term to make the switch like a permanent CEO of Tidal and just kind of work on that? Maybe if <laughs> we become some multi million pound company or Fair something. Enough. But at the same time, I really love my job. I love what I'm doing right now. Okay. I feel like if not for my job, I would have struggled so much more in Taido because there are so many transferable skills that I could bring into the business. And I love collecting somebody else's paycheck. Like, I love collecting <laughs> a paycheck from somebody else. Okay, I love okay. collecting salaries. So it's just nice to have something consistent at the end of the month. Um, but I'm thinking maybe at some point I will reduce my working days Okay. And maybe do four days a week and then three days a week. But I don't see myself moving to Tidal full t- full time. But you never know; things change. Okay. And we'll see. Um, what kind of plans do we have for Tidal? You you probably might not. You know, you don't have to say anything if it's you know on the wraps or whatever. But in the next year or two, like, mm-hmm. what are the things that you see 
happening? You know, is there anything you're working on? Things you should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so working on a few new pieces for Christmas, I feel like everyone is going to want to show up and show out for Christmas. <laughs> so working on some pieces, restocking our collection in about a week and a half because um, there have been so many people that have requested it. So okay. um, we're doing that. And then for next day, I'm trying to work on prints because right now we just do solid colors, but I want to introduce prints into the collections and Possibly a pop-up as well, because I would love to meet my community and the people that I buy from in person. Okay, so, that would be really yeah. good to, to see. Okay, keep us keep us updated on that. Um, I, I really like, you know, like you said, everything you said and how far you've come. Um, I want to go back to the beginning for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how it got to this point. I know you said you just built a website. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What can you like tell people if someone wants to start something like this? What what kind of advice would you give them? Where where should they go? Are there websites or forums or mm-hmm. things that they can use that might be useful or that you found useful as well? Yeah. Um to be honest, I, I use so many different resources. Like YouTube is really good. If you just Google how to start a fashion brand, even <laughs> really? honestly, that's what I did. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm being serious. <laughs> Literally, that's what I did. <laughs> I feel like I have to pause this. Hold on. You, do you think you, I'm lying? You YouTubed how to start a yes. fashion <laughs> YouTube and Google, how to start a fashion brand. <laughs> I don't know why you think I'm joking, you, but so, you'll find the steps. So what video? <laughs> did you pick the first video that came? I played all the videos. <laughs> I, I can't believe that. I'm so you have sorry. to do what you have to do. You don't know YouTube is a learn is a place for learning. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't plan to. I Wait, what even... do you think I'll say? Like I did a course or something. I, listen, I, I don't. I've know. not done any I... single course since I started this business. Oh. Google is my best friend for everything. Oh man, I thought there was like a, some sort of form or some course. Um, I, I don't know if I include this. Or <laughs> just laughing, but I might have to. Oh boy. Ooh, now that we're back, <laughs> scented. Okay, so I Googled how to start a fashion brand and YouTubed it as well. And I found the steps. So there are things you have to do, like sourcing your fab. In fact, you design it, like draw it out. You have to get a tech tech pack, which is like a technical drawing with okay. all of the measurements and stuff. Then you have to find a factory. There are two different types of factories. There are ones that will source your fabric for you and your trimmings and everything. And there's others that you have to source it and send it to them. Was that just Google as well? Like factories that... that yeah, do... and also trial and error. Fair like, enough. That's why I used a factory that went bust because I didn't do my due diligence <laughs> true, and stuff true. like that. Um, and then, yeah, just negotiating, pricing, things like that. Mm. Thinking of, um, okay, is your is your factory also going to like add the tags, things like that. Little yeah. things that you don't even think of. But as you go along, you just learn. And like I said, at every stage, just literally Google, how do I X, Y, Z? Yeah. I was doing that throughout the process. And and then um, now I'm in a group chat with um, fashion founders. So okay, that is actually very really helpful. Yeah. yeah, This was like maybe in the last four or five months during the clubhouse. Yeah, era. okay, okay. Yeah, so that is really, really helpful. And I wish I had that before even starting because I wouldn't <laughs> have made so many expensive mistakes. But yeah, try and ask people as well. Yeah. So other 
people that have small brands, I would ask them, oh, how did you do this? But yeah. people are so secretive in this industry. Uh, yeah, I can so imagine. So it's quite difficult. Yeah. I think you can ask me. Email me if you want to. <laughs> I will speak to you. Fair enough. I think people just kind of want the edge, but they, they take it yeah. a bit too far. Um, that's actually really good. I, I, I appreciate the breakdown. Um, I really appreciate you being honest with us and, and letting us know what you did. Um, I appreciate the YouTube tips. My might take that into account. <laughs> and everything else um so literally thank you so much for speaking to us no is there anything that you want to add about tidal or this journey that you might have missed uh nothing really watch the space if you have a friend with big boobs tell them about tidal <laughs> tell them to tidal. follow us you Come know what are your what handles at tidal on everything tiktok pinterest instagram twitter facebook t-a-i-d-e-u-x at tidal I'm surprised you. you have a TikTok actually. That's yeah. Look at me trying to be Gen Z oh on TikTok. Is it, is, is it hard? It was hard for me to. Um, it's not that it's, I don't find it that hard, but I just don't have the time to actually make the content. Oh man, I did. But I, it works, you know. Is it? I it did does. one video. I tried to do um. This was way back. I tried to do um two C slide. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do two C slide. I spent like two hours and I just deleted that. Yeah. I just I needed to have a presence there because I'm now focusing more on TikTok influencers because okay. they have more reach. Yeah, yeah, they um, do. I can, I so I, I need to just have a presence there. So it's not like I post every day or anything. Yeah. My last video is like a month and a half ago or something. <laughs> but when I know that someone is going to post about us, then I'll post a video. So there's something recent. Was there anything, apart from kind of the lessons business-wise, mm-hmm. was there anything you feel like you would do differently for this journey? No, have used the manufacturer that I... <laughs> the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't have used them. Because I rushed into it. I panicked. Oh. And I was like, oh, what if I don't find another manufacturer? Somebody sold me dreams as well. So I was working through an agent. Oh, an agent. Yeah. And it was just horrible. And then what else would I have done differently? I think I would have listened to my customers more and done more research before I launched. Because my, my first collection is completely different to what I have now. Okay. It was more like flowy dresses oh now i have more sexy styles yeah. and stuff and i think that's what the people want because <laughs> they can find flowy dresses Anywhere. and now they just want to look like bad bitches come on so. give the people what they want exactly oh no <laughs> but yeah honestly thank you so much i'm so glad we found the time yeah um so anyone out there big boobs i don't know if i can say that but big boobs <laughs> tido hit them up Thank they've got you. the connects they've got great stuff they've got greater stuff coming as well um but yeah thank you so much once again thank you